Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Get out of the big city and experience a construction zone free test drive. There is such a thing. We must apologize uh, because one moment, please. Uh, that got stuck in our head uh, somehow oh, today. And I'm not sure how it got stuck in our head, click. but it did. Uh, hi there. I'm uh, Terry DeMonte. That's uh, my good friend Ted Bird. How do you do? Standing by. Yes. Episode number seven, if I'm uh, keeping count uh, properly. You are. Um, and uh, this is uh, this is exciting. We, um, we uh, keep... Uh, Talking about how much we're enjoying this, and uh, uh, that's because we are. Uh, we like to tell the truth, and uh, as we do more and more episodes, we get a little more comfortable, get a little more giddy. Increasingly, I enjoy lying though as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. Right? Yeah, I like I like spinning a yarn. I like being full of shit every now and again. <laughs> um, I uh, we talked in uh, one of the episodes that's already gone by about my time in Calgary, um, and uh, I just want to say again. Um, I encourage everybody, if you can, visit uh, the Stampede City. The people are lovely. Uh, the Rockies are stunning. I used to live in the northwest corner of Calgary in a community called Arbor Lake. And uh, as Ted would be familiar, I lived about an hour and a bit from Banff. Yep. I could go to Banff for lunch. Yeah. And uh, you and I spent time uh, with the family at the Castle in Banff, my favorite hotel in the country. And Alison Bird learned to walk in your house in Is Calgary. That right? That's where she took I, her really? first steps. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. When we came out and visited you, uh, Allie was born in February of 2008, so we must have come out in late 2008, or maybe it was the... Maybe it was the spring of 2009 yeah. that we came out and visited, but I specifically remember Allie took her first wow. steps in your home in Calgary. Wow. And now she's five foot nine. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. We also, uh, we took the, well, the whole family, we went to see the dinosaurs and Drumheller. That's right, yeah. And, and um, we went and saw the woo-woos. Did you come with us to see the hoodoos, the, the voodoos? The the, those funny uh, rock structures. Oh, no, I didn't And know. I think they're yeah. out, I think they're they're close to Drumheller. What yeah. do they call them? Hoodoos or something yeah. like that. These weird looking, they look like giant anthills yeah. or something. And I think you would agree with me, Calgary's a nice city and the people are lovely it's a really nice city yeah and, and, I, and the I people wish, are terrific wish more people would travel the country and have outside yeah. experiences yeah. Like as that. opposed to stay where you are and go those goddamn albertans yeah. bunch of rednecks yeah. why don't you go out and meet them yes why don't you go out and meet them and talk to them yeah and listen to what they have to say and yeah. listen to what their concerns are and yeah. listen and listen to what what's good and bad in their lives and yes. maybe and maybe you'll be able to relate with them and maybe you'll be able to empathize yeah people don't empathize enough these days and, then, and you know what fuck them yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say that's a beautiful drive from, from uh from calgary through canmore to banff to it sure uh, is uh as you know i love to go fairmonting mm -hmm. and uh the uh, banff uh, springs hotel is i think the nicest hotel in the country it's, and then it's, maybe once you get to banff and stay yeah. at the banff springs then, yeah. then take a right and follow that is it called the icelands parkway uh, it is up through uh in uh, you head up towards jasper and stay at lake louise yeah 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 that's right 
Yeah. Well, don't go that way because if you head to Jasper, you'll drive by Lake Louise, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> well, no, you head towards Jasper yeah. and stay at Lake Louise. That's right. Have I got that right? Yeah. Yeah. Did I take you to Lake Louise? No, but I've been there. Okay. Yeah. Have we spent, did we not spend a nice, we had a couple of nights at the castle, didn't we? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Did we go to Lake Louise? Maybe we know. did. I don't know. I know that I've been there uh, before. Right. I just don't remember when. And my point about uh, outside experiences uh, leads me to ask me uh, a question. <laughs> what? I'd like to ask me a question. I'm sorry, I'm not taking any questions from me right now. Perhaps I can ask me later. It leads me to ask you about uh, your experiences. You spent time in uh, at the radio station in Ganawagi, and also um, since you left Shome, as you pointed out just before we went on the air. Well, we're not on the air, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, you said it's been 10 years since uh, you worked at Choma. I didn't realize time had come back. Actually, yet. it's closer to 11 now if Is we're it? in August. Yeah, it was It was uh, my last day. Well, hurry up Ch- before it's 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I left at the end of 2009. Yeah. Um, because I had a falling out with, uh, with the program director and uh, just thought to myself, I'm not, I don't want to stay here and work and be unhappy so i'll see what else is in store for me so so while you were uh, flitting back and forth between calgary and montreal uh on these lucrative long-term guaranteed contracts uh i was uh, i was uh, chasing crumbs on uh, tiny little radio stations uh that you could barely hear if you could hear them at all so uh, I've got to say it's gratifying to uh, be back here with you and riding your coattails once again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I, uh, I've i worked at four radio stations since leaving Shome. Uh-huh. And you know the old expression, it all started at a small 5,000-watt radio station? For me, it's all going to end at a small 5,000-watt <laughs> radio station. Uh, K103 in Ganawage. TSN 690 in Montreal, <clears throat> pardon me, where I thought I would probably ride out the string, but then the guy who was in charge of Shome when I resigned became the new boss at TSN, so that was the end of me. Mm-hmm. His first order of business was to show me the door. And then I worked very briefly at a little country station in Ganawage called Kick Country, and then I went and I'm still at... Uh, CHSV Light 1067 in Hudson, which is a lovely community just outside yep. of Montreal. And uh, it's a small community radio station, and I don't mind that one bit because I think that's going to be the future of radio. I do too. The small community stations. Yeah. Those are going to be the places that survive. They're smart, and they yeah. figure it out. That's where it's going. Yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, I don't make nearly as much money as I used to, but I'm happy to have the job because a lot of guys our age mm-hmm. – uh, who've been run out of the business, can't get yep. jobs anymore. That's right. So the K103 thing came about post-SHOM. Uh, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, options in Montreal for radio are very limited uh, because Bell, which owns SHOM, owns most of the other stations as well. Yeah, there's one other radio station, one other English radio station. I, I, I also think that this is a sign of uh, how things are in the English community these days. Um, Bell owns the four, uh, four English radio stations and Kajiko owns the fifth and then there's CBC. Yeah. So there's nowhere, there's no place for me at CBC because I'm just not a, a CBC type of guy. Right. Um, I'm a, I'm a get a haircut, get a real job conservative. I'm right. not a card carrying conservative right. party member, but right. my politics, 
uh, lean conservative. And of course, the CBC is very liberal, very woke. So I'm not going to fit there. And there was nothing at uh, at the beat. No. So I don't know how it came up, but but I th- whether I thought of it or whether somebody said to me, why don't you try, why don't you see what's going on in Ganawage? Because K103 uh, has been on the air in Ganawage, which, if you don't know, is uh, a Mohawk reserve on the south shore of Montreal. Uh, K103 was opened, I believe, in 1980. 80 or 81, I'm not sure which, by uh, a gentleman from the community named Conway Jocks. And it has uh, been a community institution in Ganawage ever since. And a lot of guys from the other side of the river, myself included, uh, have worked there. A lot of guys cut their teeth there and then went on to uh, to other jobs uh, in, in more mainstream radio. But... Uh, but I thought, okay, well, maybe because I had just left Shome and, and there was uh, it created a bit of a stir and it got media coverage, so I had some profiles. So that's how I pitched it to K103. Listen, I can come and work for you guys and, and maybe bring a little profile to, uh, to the radio station and to the community. And I dealt with uh, a guy named Chuck Barnett, who's one of the smartest and funniest people I know. And right now, uh, Chuck is uh, farming. He's running, uh, he's running a farm and uh, running it extremely well. Like Chuck is just anything Chuck puts his fingerprints on is a success. And at this time, he was the guy who was, uh, and this was among many other things he was doing. I think at that time, he was also running Mohawk Internet Technology, which is because uh, because Ganawage has its own laws because it's a... It's a, um, it's, um, a sovereign, autonomous... Uh, sovereign, sovereign, yeah. Territory. Sovereign yeah. territory. Yeah. Uh, sovereign Mohawk Territory, uh, it's become a hub for uh, internet gambling. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the servers, and I don't know anything, I don't know shit from IT, but a, a lot of the servers, you know, a lot of internet gambling was right. funneled through, uh, the technology was funneled through Ganawage, and Chuck ran that. And he also, as a service to the community, was in charge of the radio station. So anyway, Chuck and I struck a deal uh, where I got paid um, out behind the radio station next to the garbage bin every Thursday, a big fat envelope. Uh, thanks to some local businessmen. And there are, there's some money in Ganawage because for a number of reasons, uh, Ganawage is where it's located. Uh, well, it's in the shadow of a huge city right next to a seaway. So there are a lot of economic opportunities that arise as a result of that. And there are a lot of enterprising gentlemen who make a lot of money in Ganawage. And Chuck went to some of them and said, we've got a chance to get a guy with a high profile from the city to come over here and work on our radio station and maybe uh, get some eyeballs on the community and on the radio station. And, uh, and, and it would do us good from a public relations standpoint. Because it's, it's, it's ebbed and flowed over the years, but at times, and I mean, think to the Oka crisis right. of, of 1990, yeah. there's been a lot of hostility between communities and and um, they just saw this as an opportunity to uh, shine a, a positive light on the community through someone from outside so so I went and I worked for two years <clears throat> excuse me in Ganawage on the morning show with Java Jacobs who was the host of the morning show and Paul Grafe who's from uh, he's originally from from Hampstead and still works. He's worked. Uh, he's. I think he's. He's worked on and off at K one hundred three for close to thirty years, and for the last at least ten consecutively, more than ten consecutively. Uh, 
And Lance DeLille was part of the show. <clears throat> Pardon me. What's going on? <laughs> Lance DeLille was part of the show for a significant period of the time that I was there. And also uh, another guy uh, from outside the reserve named Matthew Potvan. Matty Potts, we used to call him. And boy, oh boy, did we have some fun. Outside of, of working with you, probably the most fun I've had in radio, uh, and we just uh, we got up to no good on a regular basis, <laughs> and it was more loosey goosey over there because yeah. it wasn't. I think they, I, I think they technically abide by CRTC regulations, but, but I, I don't think they have to. If I'm not mistaken, I, don't, I think they may be exempt. No, I'm not too sure, but I know that they, I know that they go along just yes. for yeah. for political purposes. To be just, good neighbors, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yep. exactly. To be good neighbors. So it was a two year run, and it was a lot of fun, and it was really eye opening to uh, to be on uh, on the territory on a daily basis. You had a great time in that community. I really did. And you you used to tell me how much you enjoyed it, and we. Um, often when you wanted to have breakfast, that's where we met. Yeah. Well, we'd go over to, uh, to, uh, playground poker. There's a restaurant in playground poker called the, uh, the thing. (laughs) What the hell was wrong with me? I can't even remember the name of it. Well, you're pushing a hundred. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I've eaten there a thousand times. Why, why am I blanking on the name of it? Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's It's on the the restaurant in playground. Exactly. And boy, is it a good restaurant. And probably the highest compliment I've ever been paid, this is one of those stories I can't tell without getting a lump in my throat. Yes, sir. When I was there about a year and a half into my two-year run, I was leaving the, uh, the coffee shop one day, right on the main drag in Ganawage. And a local guy and his teenage son were going in as I was going out, and, and they said hello to me, and I said hello. And after I passed, I heard the guy say to his son, that's Ted Bird. He's part of our community now. Well, can yeah. you imagine yeah. in Ganawage? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think it is with me, Ted, with family run businesses? I just love a good family run business. I think it's because you're Italian. Maybe. I think it's the yeah, Italian thing. Family. Familia. See, see. I just, I have a real affinity in this day and age of, you know, you go to a counter and you want to speak to somebody in charge and they have to send an email to Edmonton and you hear back in 10 days. I don't like any of that at all. Um, I love it when families get passionate about something and they end up building a business from their love of that particular business. And that is the case at Matla Bonheur. When I first went into a Matla Bonheur store, I could almost tell right away. I went into the original store, which is on Gwen Boulevard in St. Genevieve, and I was almost taken aback by how wonderfully I was greeted with a smile in both languages and how can we help you, and the store was beautiful, and we got to talking, and somebody asked me a few questions about how I sleep, and do I like a firm mattress, and what kind of pillow do you have, and what do you prefer, and all of that stuff, standing in this beautiful store. And then they said, we're going to show you these three mattresses and you let us know if you have any questions. So nobody sat with me. Nobody tried to pressure me to buy anything. It was just, I was taken with the way they run their business. And that's the way they built their business. 
There are now uh, 18 locations across the uh, greater Montreal area. And if you're thinking about a mattress, you want to deal with people like that, don't you? Do you think they'd let me have a nap in the showroom as a means of trying out one of their mattresses? You know, if they weren't busy, Ted, I would venture to guess they probably would. Because I could drop by after the show, and you know what it's like after yes. a morning show. You've gotten up in the middle of the night. It's nap time. Yeah. I could I could swing by the closest <laughs> location on my way home, have a little schluff, yep. wipe up my drool, and be on my way. <laughs> Uh, by the way, while we're talking about that, they also have uh, set up some really safe shopping, mattress testing. They've got covers and all kinds of protocols and everything else. And uh, you've got to know that, uh, by the way, you could stop at the original store in St. Genevieve. Oh, there you go. And uh, right around the corner, you could get a hot dog at La Roulette. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, there are, um, let me see, I want to make sure that I get this right, 18 locations in the greater Montreal area. There's lots of places to buy a mattress, but if you're thinking about buying a mattress, don't do anything before you visit Matlabonner, matlabonner.ca. I mean, we wanted to talk about, you know, where, you, where you've been and what you've done since we parted company at Shom, but I also, um, you know, I equated it to my time in Calgary because these are experiences that, I encourage people to have, yeah. you know, as much as I want you to go see, you know, what, what the Rockies look like as you drive towards Banff, you should head over to Ganawagi and experience the welcome that you would receive there and educate yourself and find yourself in new experiences with new people. It's, um, it's, it's not just fascinating, but I think it's, uh, uh, it's enriching. You it know, abs- it's an it absolutely experience, is. and I saw that happen to you as you spent time with, yeah. with the community. Over well, there. it doesn't happen on one visit. You don't just no. you don't just drop in and they and they embrace you. You know, that's a that's a tight knit community, yeah. and it's a guarded community, and you can understand why. Yes, and and for someone to say that about me, yeah. was was it was such uh, a high compliment, yeah. and and. Uh, you know, it ju- it just said to me that I've somehow somewhere along the way I did the right thing to to yep. to crack that nut to yep. be able to to ingratiate myself uh, into that community. And I didn't do anything. You know, I didn't have any sort of okay. Here's how I'm going to win over Ganawage. No, I just no. went in and I was just me. Well, you were just yourself and tried to tried to do the next right thing. Uh, every day there, and it seemed to work. And I still have uh, friendships there. I, I talk to Java and Lance in particular on a regular basis. Uh, Mike DeLille, who's the former Grand Chief and was the Grand Chief when I uh, lived there, is one of the biggest New York Giants football fans mm. that you'll ever meet, as am I. Right. And so every year for the season opener, Mike has me and Sam, right, uh, my son. We go over and go into his basement, which is a shrine. To, to the, the Giants? He's got, he must have $50,000 worth of memorabilia wow. in his basement. Wow. It's, it, I have never seen anything like it in my life. So all the Giants fans from Ganawage and me and Sam go to the ex-Grand Chief's house, hmm. not only for the season opener, for the draft, which is in the spring, we usually go and we sit outside uh, and have a barbecue. Nice. And yeah, so it's so it it was a great experience, you know. When I when I look back on, I walked away from Shom, I walked away from uh, a, a good job that was paying me a really good salary with a lot of perks, and uh, and it was 
on the one hand, it was a stupid decision. It was a rash, uh, emotional, like they say, don't make decisions when you're in an emotional state. I quit, when I quit Shoma, I was, I was, it was emotional. It was yeah. like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. Fuck you and the horse you ran and in you, on. And yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the whole fucking bunch of you. Yeah. And wait till you read my blog. <laughs> yeah. So, but if I hadn't left, I could have handled it better. Let's yeah. just say that. Okay. But if I hadn't left, I never would have had right. that Ganawagi experience, Our, which is one of the most rewarding and, and enriching experiences of my life. We'll get to the blubbering in just a second, but are you a believer in... Um, uh, the, that's the way the universe unfolds. That you know. No, that, no, no. I've made. I have made far. I have made far too many bad decisions right. in my life to believe in that. No. I, what I believe in is you. Uh, you get what's coming to you. Right. And you live. You have to live with the consequences of your actions. Of your actions. Okay. And you try to make the best of it. Right. And and making the best of that decision to walk away. Uh, to sabotage my career, basically, and right. walk away from that really good job. Part of making the best of that was that experience in, in Ganawage. So rather than regret right. what I lost, I try to look at, okay, well, what did I gain from that experience? What were the positive outcomes from that experience? And definitely the two years in Ganawage are at the top of the list. I thought I would take this opportunity also to do... Uh, to. Uh um, dispose of another myth, mm -hmm. which is that we were paid millions of dollars no, to do what no, we no, did. No, 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 no. Now, um, I'm going to tell you that we were well paid to do what we did, and it took years to get us into a six-figure income. That's that's what it was. It was a low, very low six-figure income. The wild stories about the millions of dollars that we earned to do what we did was they were they were fantasies. They if were, we did what were. we did on French radio in Montreal, yes. because the yeah. market is that much bigger. Right. The, so you the, get paid according to the size of the market. But the English market in Montreal right. is a medium market at best. Very well paid to do something we love to do with a lot of perks like travel and everything else, but it wasn't millions of dollars. That's I uh, wanted to... Uh, I just wanted to to put that to rest because I, I would read things in the paper about me. And, you know, in the days when there, you know, Mike Boone was the columnist that covered the radio and television beat in the day. And uh, Mike was very, very good to me. I've always been grateful to him. As a matter of fact, I've, I've, I've had a couple of email exchanges with him in the last year uh, or the last few months since my quote unquote retirement and um, thanked him for, you know, he was always... You know, he he covered the radio and the media scene. He could be he could be pretty. He could tough. be caustic. Yeah, he yeah. could be caustic. Yeah, but he was always always nice to me, and I thought it was a little bit helpful to my career. Um, and uh, but there were other people that would, you know, they would print these stories about us making millions of dollars to do well, what we did. I don't know what they and, were thinking. Yeah, or where and, they got and that. that? And that just you know without you know without telling you exactly what we made, it you know I started at Shom for thirty five thousand dollars a year. I'm yeah. trying to get back to 35. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we, you know, we slowly over the years, you know, we got raises because we did well. And, and like I said, very, very low, you know, six figures was what, you know, what, what I think both of us were doing at our, at our peak. Yeah. And what, what has, what has happened 
uh, with the radio business is that uh, they're not paying that money. Well, anymore. they've devalued what we they've do hugely. Yeah, devalued. They're not, they're not interested in what we do. In in uh, you know in they're not interested in creative. Yeah, you know, and we should profile. again, as you've pointed out uh, previously, we're not complaining. No, God no. In I, fact, in fact, we're yeah. In fact, yeah. I'm I'm grateful for the for uh, the run that I had. Yeah. And for how for how well we did, but the reality is they have devalued what we do. Yeah. This has devalued what we do. The internet has yes. devalued what we do mm-hmm. because now it's anyone can do it, right? And literally anyone can do it. Well, if you, yeah. I mean, anyone can do it, but can anyone do it well? That, right. That becomes the question. Yeah. So and well. the, the challenge of podcasting. Uh, I think is is how do you cut through the clutter mm-hmm. because there's so much clutter. Maybe we should on just the internet. yell. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, I think you know what I think. I think we're lucky because we have fallen in at their invitation with yes. a group that have already established themselves in the podcasting game. So I think between having some experience as broadcasters mm-hmm. and having the support of some successful podcasters, I think maybe we've got a leg up and we can. Uh, we can make a go of this. Here's hoping anyway. Jesus Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I could use a break. Christ almighty. <laughs> Take a breath, Birdman. <laughs> now, I'd, I'd, like to, uh, I'd like to, if you don't mind, address the blubbering. Because um, this is... Uh, um, Poseidon, do any of the other guys on the podcast you host or co-host with uh, do a lot of crying? A lot of what? Sorry? Crying. crying. Like like like, yeah, we- like like weeping, weeping. you know, like you know, like tears from the eyes. Oh uh, yeah, that, that tears from the eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not that I <laughs> not that I know. <laughs> He's why? going. Why is he asking me? Why well, you guys want to cry? You want to have a cry? Well, any any moment now it yeah. could happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's a couple of cries. There's uh, what I like to call is the World War II veteran cry. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, and and I mean this with deep respect. Oh, boy. As you know, yeah. I'm a World War II history buff. I have an immense amount of respect for, you know, people who served and landed on the beaches in Normandy. But there is, you know, if you watch World War II documentaries, which I do, uh, you know, anytime there's anything on the History Channel, I'm always, you know, on it like a smell. And when you interview veterans who were taught not to cry. Well, that generation that was. Generation, yeah. Men don't cry. Yeah, you keep Suck that it up. in. Yeah. You keep that in. But when they get to their 80s yeah. and they begin to tell the stories, they like to remind you that they're not crying. That well, there was... <laughs> do you want me to tell the Charlie Martin story? Yes. Yeah, sure. Please do. Charlie Martin was a veteran of the Queen's... I think he was landed with the Queen's own rifles on D-Day, and he's passed away now, as most of them have. Yeah, there are very few left. Yeah. Because any guy who... Any guy who was 20 years old on D-Day is yeah. 100 now. Yeah. So Charlie Martin, is, he, is that the, that's, that's, I don't know if that's the math exactly, but uh, it's actually, pretty yeah, close you're to pretty it. pretty spot on, yeah. 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 There you go. Uh, so there was about 20 years ago, um, you know who was involved in this? Because he tweeted about it recently, and I had a little exchange with him on Twitter. It was Anthony Wilson Smith. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, the guy who does all the... Uh, Historica Canada. Historica, he runs Historica yeah, Canada. Anthony is uh, is one of the brightest people I know, one of the nicest people I know, and uh, the respect he has for those people in that era um, is 
apparent. Let's just put it that way. So he was involved with taking Charlie Martin. I think he was writing with McLean's at the time. And he was involved with taking Charlie Martin back over to, it might have been 1994. It might have been the 50th anniversary of D-Day. And uh, so there's a there's a, a video clip, and I think you can find it on YouTube because I did find it when I had that exchange with Anthony. And they've got Charlie Martin at the cemetery, and he's going up and down the rows, and he goes, "There's Benjamin, and there's and there's there's old uh, he was a good man." And then you see him take his handkerchief out, and he starts to wipe his eyes, and he goes, "I'm not crying." I'm not crying <laughs> while he's crying, like yeah. while he's yeah. he's sobbing, but insisting yeah. that he is not crying yeah. because well, I, because of that generation. And it was I, that generation. I I, I enjoy. I, I used to enjoy watching them trying to stifle their crying yeah. because it always end up. It, they always end up looking like Dizzy Gillespie. Their <laughs> their, their cheeks puff out like this, yeah. and they're like. <laughs> I'm not yeah. crying. And the reason I bring it up again is not out of any kind of disrespect. Oh God, no, anything but but, but you and I, I is it an age thing? Because well it must be. I used to tease you all the you time used, about it. You, yeah. you used to yell at me because I've been a crier my yeah. whole life. I you know, for anybody who's of a certain age, if I tell you I would cry at long-distance commercials. You know what I mean. AT&T used to have these, you know, in the days when you had to dial long-distance, and they had these, you know, they had these television commercials. You can go on YouTube and find them. There were days, there were days where you had to pay for long-distance phone calls. My mother and father would set the timer on the oven to 10 minutes and then call their they're uh, my grandparents in Toronto, mm-hmm. and the timer would go off, and we'd have to hang up the phone. Otherwise, yeah. we'd be bankrupt yeah. from the long-distance <laughs> charges. And AT&T used to have these commercials about calling home, and, and I would get all weepy. And you would say to me, stop yeah, your Get brother. a hold of yourself, yeah. for Christ's sake. And now I'm worse than he is. Now I, I cry at the drop of a hat now. And I guess that comes with getting older. I remember my, I guess. my grandfather... Yeah. Uh, before he passed away, he was like, we'd go visit him. I'd go over and mow his lawn yeah. and, and he'd give me $5 and cry. Yeah. And I left. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess there must be something to it because I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm more apt to cry now, you know? Well, you're also yeah. Italian. That's <laughs> fucking Italians will cry at anything. Have you ever seen the YouTube video of the Italian fireman who rescues the kitten? No. Have you seen that? No. Oh, my God. Just just Google Italian fireman rescues kitten. Okay. And he's this big, strapping, bald-headed young Italian guy, and he's and he reaches down into a gutter or something, and he gets this little kitten out, and he brings it up. And his buddies are all patting him in the back. Going, oh, my God. I cry just thinking about it. He just loses it. I've seen it, and I've actually just found it. It's, it actually pops up on auto search. Oh, okay. yeah? Can yeah, you can you play it yeah, so that it's on the camera screen? No. So that it's on the can camera you? screen? <laughs> can you? Can the people see it? Can you in put TV it on, land? Put it on here the, it is. Here it is. Put it on the blinking light. Have you ever seen this, Terry? All right, here we go. Uh, there, 27. Audio, or are we going to get uh, yeah, bamboozled well, by... Uh, Italian. Okay. Giada Zamini. No, she's not important. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Giada. Yeah. All right, here we hold go. Hold on, hold on, because i got to figure this out. All over right. Here. 
You want to? He put it up on the uh, on the flash. Yeah, he's got it up on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Grande. Bravi ragazzi. Grande ragazze. That makes me cry again. That's so Italian, isn't it? It is. That's just so Italian. You're right about that. It's. This is the longest. I don't know who that is. That's not going to make you cry. But should have brought a hanky. But it's funny. Oh, shit. Pull yourself together. Oh, serious. <laughs> the, shoe, <laughs> the shoe's on the other foot now. Yeah. 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 It's funny because I used to, uh, and, well, and can, still do. Sorry to cut you off, but you know, right. w- women love that kind of shit. Do they really? Of course, Listen. yeah. If, if we pull up the comments. Really, eh? Like, oh, yeah. I remember going oh, to the yeah. comments and yeah. women were like, oh, my God, my a, pussy a wo- is waterfall. <laughs> right yeah, they, they freak yeah, out yeah, yeah. Shit. A woman I follow on Twitter, who's a great follow, by the way, her name is Rita Panahi. She's yeah. a journalist from Australia. She is a great follow. And she posted that, and I forget what she said, but it was something like me first ladies yeah. or get in line ladies or something <laughs> yeah, 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 like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Women, women love the big, tough guy who's sensitive. Like, yeah. They love yeah. that shit. But they not know. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they want you blubbering no, no. all the time. My, uh, no, no, not the words. Like, not if you're not if you're like, oh, oh my God, I yeah. stubbed my toe. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, but like for but animals. For something like that, for yeah. Animals, oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they melt. I cannot, we can no longer watch. E.T. in my house because my wife, um, she can't take the fact that she she refute she doesn't want to cry. Okay, at the end when you know E.T. is leaving. You know what? I don't even know if I ever watched that all the way oh through. I know. I remember your story oh, about geez. going with well, the roadies. Though this is what I'm gonna the story I'm gonna tell. Ted, you know what I like is when we used to work together. You used to do the. Uh, I feel it. I feel a change in the air. Yeah, yeah. You know, the bear, it was the bear thing. Yeah, yeah. You'd come in in the morning and you'd say, "Oh, I felt it this morning," <laughs> and I'd say, "Damn it, no! It's too early for that." Um, but it's in the air. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, it's, it's what time. A, it's what I think a bear must do every year when yeah. he realizes or she realizes it's time to uh, think about hibernating. Right. So when I go. I know it's time to think about winter tires. Right. Bears don't think about that. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. no. So when I would think about winter tires, and maybe bears do too, I'm not sure. Uh, I think about Merson. Our friends at the Mersons. Merson Automotive. uh, You and I have been going to Merson for, what, 25 years now or so? Yeah. I used to take my horse and carriage there. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they have have an outlet in Pennsylvania now. Merson's of Pennsylvania, where they do only wagons. <laughs> that might not be true. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, they take uh, they take care of Montrealers. Yeah, though. it's family run business, and one of the things that I love for years is going into the waiting room, and you'd see the same faces in the spring and the fall, and that's because families have come to trust them. You and I have both had this experience. 
I was introduced to them over 25 years ago when I got ripped off at a mechanic's place. And a friend of mine said, you should take it to the Mersons. They're as honest the day as, as the day is long. And I said, who are the Mersons? And at the time, it was Mark and Bonnie. And we met Mark and Bonnie and became very good friends. And now there's a new generation, Kara and Celso, um, are running the shop. But all of, all of the same uh, standards and traditions of honesty and integrity are still there, along with a lot of employees that have been there. I was going to say, not just the same yeah. faces of clients yeah. in the waiting room, but also the same faces behind the counter and in the back as well, yeah. back in the mechanic bays. And if, that speaks volumes about a business when you have continuity of staff. Yeah. And simple things like an oil change, no problem. Uh, you need a tune up, no problem. Your fritzinator's gone, no problem. If uh, you're leaking oil and they need your car for two Two days, big problem. Um, not for them; they'll fix yeah. it. Uh, but problem for all of that to say, that's where my car is right now. Okay, there you yeah. go. But you want to talk about the trustworthy thing? It's a big job, and it's going to take some money out of my pocket. But I have a ten-year-old car, and ten-year-old cars need big jobs yep. sometimes. And I know I can trust them. When and Celso told me what the problem was and gave me the estimate. I didn't question him on it because I know that they're not going to rip me off. They're going to do what needs to be done. Do the math. You take that to another place and it's twice the price. Well, I think I've told you the story about uh, when I had a, a Land Rover way, way a long time ago. Uh, a secondhand Land Rover, and I took something was the the temperature uh, thermostat wasn't working properly, and I took it to a guy who told me, uh, "Oh boy, that's a big job. That's going to be eleven hundred dollars." And then I took it to someone else. I took it to Merson. And they said, well, you need a new thermostat. They're $30 at Canadian Tire. There you go. 487-5545 or mercenauto.com. E.T. is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I've seen it a bunch of times. And when Elliot has to say goodbye to E.T., and E.T. and him have a little exchange, I can't help it. I, I become... Doesn't matter how many times I've seen it, even if I watch it, just the end scene on YouTube, I become weepy. And back in 1982, um, I was on the road with a band called Streetheart. I went into the record business for a little while and I was working as, you know, it's a long story and we'll tell that maybe on one of the episodes. But I was a representative of the band, so I was on the road with them and we were in Regina. And E.T. was all the all the the rage people were talking about it was on the cover of time so it was and, in its first run in yeah, the theaters it was in its first run in the theaters and uh, we had a day off in regina and i said i want to go see this movie and kenny the lead singer uh said yeah I, i'll come with you it'd be a movie's good break from the tour and uh, i think daryl the keyboard player came and then the road manager said well i'll come and then you know the sound mixer said anyway by the time that we got together there was about 11 or 12 of us all going into CET. And the movie, if you're familiar with it, gets progressively sadder towards the end. And I could feel the, and I, I was stunned by the absurdity of it because I'd never seen a movie like this before. And I thought, for Christ's sake, get your, you know, Get a, get a hold, hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself. It's it's a puppet. It's just a it's a fucking puppet, right? There's like somebody's pulling the strings, and but the movie is so well done. It's a Spielberg movie, yes, isn't it? Yeah, yes, you and go. you you fall in love with the creature, and you feel bad for the kid who's adorable. And as they're doing this big build-up scene, I'm thinking to myself, I cannot cry in front of these roadies. I can't. I've got to choke this back. Like, I've just started with the guys that just got on the road with 
them, I can't be the weepy guy from the record company. I can't do that. So I'm sitting next to Kenny and I'm thinking to myself, I've, I've got to, I don't know what I'm going to do. And as sometimes happens when you're trying to stifle a cry and take a breath, mm -hmm. you do this. <laughs> <laughs> And I went, <laughs> and rather than make fun of me, Kenny began to cry, and Daryl began to cry, and the road manager, and before you know it, the whole road, the whole road was oh, weeping. Christ. And <laughs> it's a story that I love to tell because it's, it's, it's a great story. It's, it's so anti-rock and roll, and... Kenny, rest in peace, used to love when I would tell that story because he, he, he you know, they made fun of me because of the, the deep, you know, yeah. that, whole, that whole thing that happens in a quiet movie theater. Yeah. But I, I, and so when we first started to work together, I don't remember, but there were times where I get a little weepy and you'd say, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Get, yeah. Get your get your shit together. Yeah, and now I swim for exercise because I can weep openly in the pool and nobody can tell. <laughs> All right, just, see you Wednesday. It just looks like you're always coming up for a breath. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's take a moment to compose ourselves and talk about the good people. <laughs> Squeaky boys. Um, our good friends, uh, our biggest supporters, for the podcast are at Land Rover Jaguar Laval. And uh, this oh, is I love a those guys. <laughs> family family owned business where they take a lot of pride in what they do. And boy, do they sell high quality luxury automobiles worth the drive to Laval because of who these people are and how they do business. Nino and Renato DiCubellos uh, are second generation uh car dealership owners their dad uh, started in the business i think i don't know if they're, maybe they're third i don't know i know that their dad i know there was their dad and i know that there's that there's nino and and renato you could make it up i could make it up i suppose well i know that between the, those two generations you've yeah. got like 50 to 60 years in the business so they know what they're doing and not only do they know what they're doing, they know how to do it right. They know how to treat customers. It's all about customer service. It's like a high-end product sells itself, right? Yep. Uh, the important part is the customer service, how you're treated when you're making the purchase, the purchase experience, and then the, the customer aftercare, and they excel at that. I went online and looked at Google reviews for Jaguar Land Rover Laval, and it's five-star rating after five-star rating after five-star rating, and then you hit a one-star rating. And you see someone says, I had this happen and that happened, and nobody called me back. And they respond to every complaint. And they respond by either by directly, well, they always directly address whatever the complaint is, whatever the issue is, and then they will offer an apology and a solution. And, uh, but those are rare. Yeah. Like that pops up for every, you know, for every 15 or 25 star ratings, there might be one that's not five star mm -hmm. and they address them all, unless it's just an obvious you know, just an obvious troll job, right? right? And I wouldn't be surprised with the way the internet operates if it's not competitors, right. you know, trying to make them look bad. Listen, uh, these guys know how to do it right. And by the way, don't make, uh, don't do what I did years ago. You make a judgment, you think, 
uh, I know what the price of that car is, and uh, that's that's way out of my league. Before you do that, go find out about um, some of the uh, some of the great models that you can have at what I like to call an entry level price mm-hmm. for for a luxury car like that. And of course, while you're there um, looking around, don't forget to take a quick peek at the McLarens. I always say this because there's something very exciting about looking at a. Uh, such a beautiful, beautiful piece of engineering. Yeah. Such a beautiful automobile. McLaren, if you're not familiar with it, McLaren competes with Ferrari. It's a British brand that complete competes with Ferrari, Lamborghini. Uh, you're up in that stratosphere right. with McLaren, and they've got they got a bunch of them in the showroom, and they'd be happy to show them to you. And you can sit in them. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. When we went, the gold wing doors were up. That's right. Okay, when we were there, the they were day. waiting for us. Yeah. Is this the one we're taking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Think they'll give us a McLaren, Birdman? Nope. No, but you know what? Listen, we're not complaining. They gave us a beautiful Land Rover yeah. Defender, the yeah. 2021 Motor Trend SUV of the year. We've been tooling around on that all weekend and having a good time. And LandRoverLaval.com or JaguarLaval.com. They were as excited about the podcast as Weren't we they were. they, though? Yeah. 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 Which was nice. Yeah. They believe in us. It's and that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's always nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You were going to say something? Yes. Actually, I was just going to, I told this story on an earlier podcast, but I'll tell it again because we spoke about me going to Ganawage. When I went over there, I sent out a bunch of emails to, uh, to, to friends and business associates or former business associates, inviting them to a news conference that was being held uh, in Ganawage to announce that I would be starting at K103. And Nino and Renato showed up. Oh. And they didn't show up because it was a business opportunity for them. They showed up as friends to show support for me. And that spoke volumes to me. I, I didn't go. No, you were in Calgary. Probably. Okay, a few. There you go. Yeah, you were in Calgary. Okay, so, yeah. so there's my excuse. I, uh, I didn't get to go because I, I was in Calgary. Well, I might not have invited you either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy of me to make that assumption. Who am I forgetting? Uh... <laughs> Let me ask you, as we, you know, we've been talking about doing this and how we were going to do it and stuff like that. Who, who would you, we've been lucky. We've got to interview a lot of people over the years. If you could pick somebody, who would you interview? Who would you love to oh, talk to? Cripes, that's a great question. And, you know, I'll, you know, I'll blurt out a name because I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. And then later I'll think, oh, shit, I, I should have said, have said Boy, I'd have to get. I would have to give it some thought. Yeah, I, I really can't think of. Uh, you know, I mean, if I think of the most important, quote unquote, important people uh, currently, right off the top of my head, who would be interesting to talk to? Elon Musk would probably be interesting mm, to talk to. That's an interesting. Jeff Bezos would probably be interesting to talk to. But you know what? I only picked their names because they're the two richest guys in the world. Right. So right. what? You know, does that necessarily mean they'd be terribly interesting? No. There's got to be. There's there's somebody, and I just can't think of who it is off the top of my head. You tell me for you, and uh, maybe it'll come to me. Okay. Um. You know, I've like I said, one of my favorite things to do over the years has been interviewing. I absolutely love it. I love having conversations with people, and I love to ask them questions <clears throat> that are, are, you know, I get angry when I, not angry, but I get frustrated when I listen to big stars 
talk to other big stars and they ask them stupid questions. And I think of all the things that you, you know, you could have asked. I, I, you know, from a, just from a, a kind of, you know, sort of a fluff point of view, I'd, I'd love to sit down with Al Pacino. I'd, l- I'd love to talk to Pacino and, um, and, and sort of quiz him a little bit about, you know, some of the roles as he, he's played and some of the choices that he's made. Although he, I think he'd be a difficult guy to talk to. Yeah, that's the first thing that occurred yeah. to me with him. I don't want to yeah. talk to anyone difficult. I want to talk to somebody who's engaging and yeah. forthcoming. Yeah. yeah, someone who I don't have to drag it out of. Yeah. You know? And you know, I've been lucky enough to speak to uh, you know a lot of people in the music business. Clapton's another one I would love to talk to. I'd love to sit and talk to Clapton about you know, um, it's, it's like his life has been quite a tapestry, yeah. quite a roller coaster ride. When you look back at yeah. it, he's on the outs now, though, with the, yeah, with the woke well, crowd. Yeah, eh? yeah, he's he's, he's going to be canceled yeah, any minute. Yeah, because, him and Van Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Van Morrison, were you with me at the Van Morrison show? No, but I heard. Time? Yeah, what a crabby arsehole yeah, he is. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Murphy, he he just he was so distracting. He spent the whole show berating his crew, and I mean screaming and yelling at his crew. And they, that, I got to be honest with you. That's the kind of guy I want to say to, hey, hey, yeah. What, what do you have to be such how a crap? A, yeah, have a little gratitude. Yeah, why like, don't you? Come on, it's yeah. a pretty good run you've had there, Van. No. Yeah. yeah. You know who would be interesting to me? Be, I'm just a big fan. I have no idea what kind of person he is, but I'm a big fan. Is Jason Statham? Oh yeah. 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 He's. I always enjoy his uh, yeah. his roles, his acting. My favorite movie of all time is Snatch. Yeah. I love that movie. Maybe Guy Ritchie would be an interesting yeah, guy, guy to talk Ritchie to because yeah. he makes he makes some fantastic movies. Yeah. Very clever, very very funny. Uh, Jason Statham. Somebody else popped into my mind as well, but mm-hmm. uh, but now it's gone. Is bye, it really bye now? Yeah, yeah. Oh. You know who might be interesting to talk to is Brad Pitt. Yeah, I think I, Brad Pitt's a terrific actor. We, we and he won me over in Snatch, where he played yeah. the the role of uh, of the the Irish gypsy boxer. <laughs> what was his name? Mickey. <laughs> Mickey, why do all the caravan invent the fucking wheels? <laughs> like, I just thought he was a pretty boy before yeah, that. No, but he won me over in that role. And I've watched a few Brad Pitt movies yeah. since then. He's a good actor. We just, my wife and I just finished uh, watching for the second time Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have not watched that yeah. yet. And Brad Pitt is terrific in that movie. Have you ever seen Leo. You ever seen Burn After Reading? Uh, listen to me, Leo, like I know him. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. Know. Uh, I call him Al. Hey, Al. <laughs> Burn After Reading? Yeah. No, oh, you would you would really like that. Burn that? after reading. It's uh, it's a Cone brother. Is it the Cone brothers? Cone brothers. Yeah, yeah. Cone brothers yeah. movie. Uh, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, mm. Francis McDormand, John Malkovich. Jesus, what a cast! Uh, and oh, you know who I'd love to sit down and talk Ooh. to is because I'm a huge fan. Uh, the guy whose name I can't remember who's in that movie. The guy with the thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a uh, a, a J K. Simmons. Is that oh, it? J.K. Yeah. Simmons? The guy who was the drumming teacher. Yes. Yes. He's a yes. great actor, he is that a great guy. Actor. He's yeah. and he always plays or usually plays supporting roles. Yeah. He's not like he's not a lead lead role type of guy. Yeah, he's a more of a, a character actor. Yeah. yeah. And he's in he's in Burn After Reading. Yeah. And Burn After Reading is it's a little bit like a Guy Ritchie movie because it's one of those movies where a whole bunch of things are happening independently of each other, but they're all on a collision course. Oh. And at the end of the movie, all of these subplots crash into mm. each other at the end. And and uh, <laughs> and J.K. Simmons plays a, uh, a CIA agent. He's like one of the top guys, one of the top CIA guys. And this other guy is reporting to him. And he's a, he gives him a report at the end of, <clears throat> about 
all the everything, all the goings on at the end of the where all the everything collides at the end, and he goes, and he goes, Palmer, what have we learned here? Palmer says, I don't know, sir, and he goes. I'll be fucked if I know either. <laughs> just the way he delivers the line, and then he closes a folder, and that's yeah, the, end, that's of the, the end of the movie. Yeah, wow. yeah, he's just so good. Wow. He's just so good, and I think he'd be an interesting guy. Time to tell you a little bit about our title sponsors at Jaguar Land Rover Laval. I was up there the other day because I had to reluctantly return the Jaguar F-Type P380 Sports Coupe that they loaned to Terry and me to drive around for the weekend. The last time we uh, recorded some of these podcast episodes, what a beautiful, beautiful car goes like stink too. And that's why I had to also inform them that when they get the photo radar ticket, that'll be for me just to forward that to me. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it's going to be that bad, but no. uh, I did see, I did see a flash when I was going across the little tour bridge uh, in the middle of the night. So that can only mean one thing. Now, when I went back up there, uh, to return the car, I was talking to Nino Di Cubellis, who is uh, the president and owner of Jaguar Land Rover Laval, along with his brother Renato. Nino was telling me Jaguar races in the E series. You know what I mean? The electric cars. I do. They look like Formula One cars, but they're electric cars. Uh, Jaguar has a team. You know who one of their drivers is? No. Sam Bird. No. Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah, not my son, Sam Bird. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but a Sam Bird nonetheless. If any of the birds were going to be race car drivers, it would have been Charlie. Yeah. I'm uh, telling you, if I was a billionaire, Charlie Bird would be driving in Formula One right now. Yeah, he is a, uh, to say he's a, a master of uh, automobiles would be a bit of an understatement. When they, uh, when when Jaguar Land Rover Val gives you an F-type for the weekend, it's a good news, bad news kind of deal, eh, Ted? Because the good news is I got an f type Jaguar for you for the weekend. The bad news is you got to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You may as well be grateful for the yeah. uh, for the two or three days that we had it. What a spectacular vehicle. And it doesn't matter what kind of Jaguar you get yourself into. It's it's high-end luxury and and pretty good bang for the buck on a comparative level. That F-type is a spectacular sports coupe. That's a top-of-the-line sports coupe, and you can get into that uh, for under six figures. And I know, you know, I know a lot of people are going, well, yeah, but, but you know what? There is a market for those cars. Yeah. There are people who can afford those cars and under six figures is a really good deal for a vehicle that beautiful. And as I said to you, when I was sitting in it, it's beautifully designed an absolutely beautiful design for a sports car. And of course, when you're at the dealership, you could also wander over and have a look at the Land Rovers too. And Jaguar Land Rover Laval does it right at every level. They have a spectacular product and they have spectacular service. And that starts at the top with Nino and Renato and goes all the way down. They have a family who work there and it's, it's a family run business and uh, they'll treat you like family. When you go in there, they treat their staff like family. Well, that's because some of their staff are family, but they, even the ones who aren't family get treated like family. And you will be too. When you go to Jaguar Land Rover Laval they're on car four, uh, corner of Shamity in Laval. That's where uh, the new car dealership is for the certified pre-owned and McLaren Montreal. You're just a little bit south of there on Shamity Boulevard. Go up just to have a look. They'd be fine, pleased to show you their spectacular lineup of vehicles. And uh, I suppose you could ask for a spot of tea because they are British luxury vehicles. Uh, with Nino and Renato, you're probably better off asking for an espresso. They can probably that round that up for you a lot quicker than a spot of tea. <laughs> you can also visit them online, of course. Visit LandRoverLaval.ca or JaguarLaval.ca. 
Um, uh, Poseidon, are you a fan of the Marvel movies? The uh, Marvel? Yes. You are, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are, what are we missing? Uh, did you like comic books? Did you guys like comic books? I, I liked uh, some comic books. I was an army comic book yeah, guy. I liked uh, Sergeant, yeah, you wouldn't yeah, know Sergeant these Sergeant Rock. Rock yeah. and, uh, well, here's the thing, I've never read a comic book in my life. But you love the movies? I love okay. the movies. Okay. They're very, they're very, like, in, enjoyable. Okay. There's not, so, like, there's, they're full of action, there's some comedy, they're... Two guys out of your age category yeah. that would, you know, should see one, what should we see? I remember really enjoying Thor. <laughs> Hold on. Every time I, hear, I know. Yeah. Every time I hear the word Thor, I think of the joke. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I think it was Ragnarok. No, no, because okay. there was a lot of comedy in it. Oh, was there? It okay. was. I think one of my favorite Marvel movies because I remember it being hilarious. Mm -hmm. Thor. Okay. It was. Uh, I think it was yeah. Ragnarok. I have Skikatia from Thor. Yeah, it was Thor. Skiatica. Skiatica. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. I really okay. enjoyed. All right. There was a lot of comedy, comedy? Okay. in this one. So if I were to pick one, it would be that one. All right. Who's the star of that? Is that Chris somebody or other? Um, it's Chris the guy Hemsworth. with the thing. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Tessa Hemsworth, Tessa yeah. Tessa Thompson. There was. Waititi. Yeah, Taki Waititi. Yeah, which, by the way. They wanted to cancel him because he was. Uh, uh, that was idiotic because he did, he did the. Um, what's the name? What's the name of the movie about the kid who hides the Jewish girl? Yeah, that's uh, what, what? Jojo. Yeah. Um, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. That movie is so spectacularly done. You have yeah. to see it. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh, yeah. Waikiki Beach is the guy who wrote and yeah. directed yeah. that, yeah. right? What's his name? Yeah. Listen to me. The guy's an award-winning filmmaker. Yeah, I'm from making he's from fun New of his Zealand, name. Yes, and his name is oh uh, Taika Waititi. Yeah, is he? Ma he must be Maori, is he? I am, I'm not sure. Um, if you ever want to have a good cry, oh boy, I know what you're going to say with the watch a haka. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, with the hoo ha. And the yeah. yeah, at a funeral. Let's yeah. not talk about it okay. anymore. <laughs> but do you guys know why they wanted to cancel him? Uh, oh, did he do something too? Well, yeah, no, he I, was making out with two broads at the same time. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's not go. cancelable. That's no. applause worthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how does well? How does that even hurt anybody? I don't know. And P. c'est pas mes affaires. Yeah, hey, it's none of my business. Let me tell you a quick sto store story. Okay. Thor story. Thor <laughs> story. I saw this. Uh, I saw this online. It's a true story. It was about two years ago. Somebody in Alberta, uh, after they legalized, I think in Alberta you can buy pot at the dispensaries now, eh? Yeah, you can. So somebody made a fake ID because they wanted to go to the dispensary and mm -hmm. buy pot, and they took Chris Hemsworth's picture from Thor. <laughs> Oh, and they funny. and as, as for the details on their on their license, and it was like an Alberta license, right. like they had forged the or they had gotten the the template, <laughs> right. and the name was I think it was Thor. What is it, Ragnarok or whatever? Ragnarok, yeah, yeah, Thor Ragnarok, 69, <laughs> 69 Big Hammer Lane, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Calgary, Alberta, that's with Chris Hemsworth's picture, <laughs> and he got rejected, but he got rejected because it was out of date; it had expired. <laughs> Yeah, not because he was Thor Ragnarok, who let, lived at 69 Big Hammer Lane. That was perfectly okay. Ah, oh, but this is expired. You can't use this, sir. I'm sorry. We can't 69 Big Hammer Lane. Well, there you go. There's our uh, movie recommendations, Why We Cry, and assorted other things on episode number seven of the podcast. 
Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, where the luxury is unmistakably British, but nobody wears a top hat or a monocle.